AM 790 Talk and Business presents Water Fire Ignites Rhode Island with your host, Bronwyn Dannenfelser. Join Bronwyn to hear about the next water fire event in downtown Providence, plus other great cultural events happening in the community. Now, here's your host, Bronwyn Dannenfelser. And hello, 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 and good afternoon, and welcome to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island, your one-hour talk show here on AM790, your station for talk and business, where we talk about everything having to do with Waterfire and all the wonderful things happening in Rhode Island. And I am here with my incredible co-host, the artistic director and creator of Waterfire, Barnaby Evans. Good hey, afternoon, Brahman. I'm delighted to be here. Yeah, you know, what a weekend, huh? It was a beautiful weekend. First of all, the weather was gorgeous for the entire period, despite crazy forecasts. Yeah, well, it had to be, because yeah. there was so much good happening. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think that anything, it yeah. could have been anything but beautiful. I mean, our crew started at 6 a.m. setting up to set up water fire, and I was down in Warwick um, preparing to be the uh, Grand Marshal for the Gatsby Parade. You know, and I saw you in a very interesting outfit. And I and I think you looked good in it. You rocked it. You were the Grand Marshal of the parade, right? I was the Grand Marshal of the parade, and mm-hmm. uh, I do think I had the a, a great team down in Gatsby supporting us. With uh, we started off in the Episcopal Church with the traditional service. They do this is the 50th anniversary of the Gatsby parade, and we've been honored to spend the last five years honoring Gatsby in association with them. But uh, this has been an effort that's just transformed work, and it was. A beautiful thing to see and be a part of, and I think uh, everyone was impressed with everyone who came from all across the country to participate in the parade. How, how big was the parade? Was it? Oof, well, th- I was in it, so I couldn't see it. Oh, yeah. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you were leading yeah, it. They, they, <laughs> I was leading it. I was leading it. We, uh, I was not leading it. The governor and the rest of many politicians were well ahead of us, mm-hmm. but um, it was amazing to see all those smiling Rhode Islanders for, it's, it's over you know, three miles, I think, or something like that on both sides. And I spoke with the old guard who was here from Washington, D.C., and they had a great time in the parade, and they had an amazing time when they came to Waterfire later. Well, so. I, yeah, and then, you know, at Waterfire, I mean, you can describe what we did a little bit more, but we had some awesome celebrations of the Gatsby Day, and, you know, we we've did, been doing I, it for years I now. should do one shout-out to my, uh, first of all, to Tom Kincannon, who was my host, and also Pi, who was my driver. I do think Pi was far more popular than me as our as my 1957 Thunderbird went by, but uh, <laughs> but it was it was a great day, and I appreciate being honored in that way and to help participate on another great Rhode Island tradition. But that brings us to sunset and waterfire, and boy, we had a great night there. Yeah, the, there was um, the reenactment at Sabin's Tavern, you know, with John McNiff. You gotta love John McNiff. And John McNiff, the uh, the historical ranger at the uh, Roger Williams National Memorial, always does a wonderful job. Tom Ken Cannon. Joined Joined us as well, and uh, Steve joined us from uh, Yukon, mm-hmm. and uh, we even had the Marquis de Lafayette join us, and it was pretty spectacular. And I know you've said this before, but if somebody's just tuning in and is not aware, the reason that we celebrate the Gatsby uh, Day celebration so much, and especially Barnaby, that you've always said, what? It started here in Rhode Island. Many people think we did start the fire. That's that's what uh, we we do a slight rewrite of uh, Bruce Springsteen. He had the title wrong, but uh, we did start the fire here in Rhode Island, and this is going back to the first blow of the American Revolution. And uh, we've joined with many other people in Rhode Island to feel we really should reclaim that, the dignity and the honor of that position, and make it better known. So I donned the uh, the same colonial dress I was wearing on. Gatsby Day Parade, and I was in Boston 
declaring to a group of historians. Um, virtually no one in the room had ever heard of the Gatsby incident. Uh, now, so. why is it? Did we rewrite history? Or we, no, we were no, just no, left no, out no, of no. history? No, Boston rewrote history. Ah, I see. Uh, Harvard wrote the history books, the early history books. And if you remember, Roger Williams founded Providence and hence Rhode Island over a doctrinal dispute with the Puritans in Boston. And I think most people agree that Roger Williams was right. And uh, he was complaining about the theocracy and felt there should be a separation of church and state and there should be freedom of speech and there should be equality among all men. And he felt that was not the case in Puritan Boston. And so he marched off into the wilderness and eventually founded Providence on those principles. And I think the historians still smart over that. They're, they go from the city of the hill to suddenly the American Revolution. They skip the whole chapter of Roger Williams is calling them to rights over those issues. It ain't right, Barnaby. It ain't right. It so ain't right. we joined the Gatsby Day Committee in trying to make that uh, uh, well-known, and the Water Fire event had so many different things. We had uh, the reenactors. We had. We also, with a lot of archival research, we were able to find all the original tweets that Captain uh, Duddingston uh, tweeted back in 17... 17- 72, and we broadcast them. They're hard to find, but yeah. Oh, yes. uh, Yes, you had said it's hashtag WF Gatsby. All right, so people can still do it, even though it's past that. Providence Journal was so excited about it, they even quoted from the the Twitter stream. How cool is that? Well, yeah, it was a great weekend, and actually, when we come back and we return from the break, um, we'll be talking to Mayor Alorza about the International Arts Festival that just took place. And again, many thanks to National Grid, not only the underwriter of the show, The Water Fire Ignites Rhode Island, but also as the underwriter of the entire Water Fire event on Saturday. So we'll be back in a second hearing more about what a wild success uh, Saturday was. Rhode Island. Hi, welcome back. You're listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island, and I'm Bronwyn Dannenfeldt, your host, and I'm here with Barnaby Evans. And we were just talking about what a wildly successful weekend it was here in Providence um, with Waterfire, sponsored by National Grid, and all of the Gatsby Day celebrations. But then we also had on, uh, you know, just this, I guess the crowds were just so big because of the International Arts Festival, which is just due to many thanks to Mayor Lorza and his entire team. And I believe we have Mayor Lorza on the line. Hello, Mayor. Hello, Bronwyn. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing phenomenal. You just still... so excited about what happened this weekend here in Providence. Just I... a lot to be proud of and a lot to build off of. Absolutely, Mayor. We were as pleased to be part of it, and you must be particularly pleased to see all those people downtown and all the arts and the stages and the, the I art was, and the crowds. I was. I, I tell you, Barnaby, I think I might have shared this with you earlier, but when I when I drove in right before the parade, I didn't know what to expect, and I'm driving down Washington Street, and I see a sea of people all throughout downtown into Kennedy Plaza. And in my mind, I just said to myself, oh, my goodness, people came, people came. And it was just wonderful from the very beginning right to the very end. Absolutely. And the music was great. Uh, it was, and, and everyone was full of joy. That's one of the things <laughs> that I just love to see. Excitement, joy, saying, hey, did you see this? Did you see this? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people were surprised. A lot of people didn't know exactly what to expect. 
and, and in fact, n- none of us know what to expect. But it just all came together so, so beautifully. Everyone had a smile on their face. People were dancing in the streets. There was something for little kids. There was, you know, there were there 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 were events and activities for for older folks and everything in between. I think that through and through, it's just a proud, proud day for Providence. And uh, what I'm just so excited about is that you know this only happened because we had so many committed partners that uh, that were engaged in the planning process. And I can't wait to start getting their ideas of how this could be even better next year. Exactly. I mean, that's something, you know, um, Mayor Lorza, we were talking about this, that this is this was just the first of many, and this will be happening every year, which to me is so exciting, because the thing that I really love that you have done um, is you, you've been brought so many cultures together and highlighting all of the different diverse um, ethnic cultures that we have here in Rhode Island, all the different talent, and you really did it wonderfully uh, with this International Arts Festival. So congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And that was intentional. You know, I really do think that little things in this world bring people together, like arts, like music, like culture. And we have so much diversity and so much culture to celebrate here in the city. You know, let's bring it all together. From the very beginning, when I thought of this festival, the idea isn't to create culture or to create art. It's to take all of the art and culture that already exists and just bring it together in this, with the, in this synergistic way. And that's exactly what the festival did. It does. And, it, and, you know, the tourism economy is very important for all the things that contribute to quality of life, from the building restorations to the hotels and the restaurants. And uh, it's, it was a great thing. And surprise was a big part of it. You know, I think that was uh, really wonderful to go around a corner and you had no idea what you were going to see. <laughs> uh, and it was all positive. Yeah, there were a lot of surprises. Uh, no one knew what lied around uh, the, uh, the next corner. And uh, if I can share with you, you mentioned economic development. You know, um, you know, definitely all of the vendors that were outside, they all reported back just so positively. And if I can share with you a, a micro story that, uh, that just drives the importance of this home. I usually get my fruit from a local vendor, and he cuts up uh, coconuts and puts a straw in it, and, you know, you enjoy it. And so at the last minute, I asked him, I told him, you know, you should, you should get to downtown. And we accommodated him. He came down. I saw him there. Coconut. I saw he had a line down the block. Yeah, so he completely sold out. Yeah. He called for reinforcements, a second truck load. That completely sold out. He called in a third truck. That one sold out as well. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, he was just so appreciative. He made about five, 6000 bucks, which to him... You know, it takes it takes months and months to come up uh, with that kind of uh, kind, that kind of revenue, uh, but you know that all happened because he was involved, he was included, and not only did he did well, but all those people sipping on their coconuts, I'm sure they enjoyed it as well. They did. You know, I went by. Um Oh, the first time I went by, I saw him there, uh, and he was he was full of energy and topping the tops <laughs> off. And I looked at the line, and then I looked at how many coconuts, and I said, and I said, hmm, he's going to need reinforcements. So I'm glad he got three more trucks in there. Mm-hmm. So that's good, and you know that's that's wonderful. That's a great great story, and I actually witnessed it, and I think I even have a photograph of him there. So. <laughs> Yeah, and I didn't make it to the stage, did you, Barnaby? Oh, um, I made it to many of the stages. It was you got to do that plural. I think we had fifteen stages, didn't we? Fifteen stages, yeah. correct, and five hundred artists. Yeah, um, uh, there were two stages in the Alexanani City Center. There were three stages on Kennedy Plaza alone. There was a couple stages along Washington. There was a stage over near the arcade. 
mm-hmm. and some interior things at URI and a couple other places with a lot of great stuff. So, Mayor, did you have a favorite or a couple of favorite things that you know you need to bring back next year <laughs> besides the Coconut Man? I have so many favorite moments <laughs> from the festival, but in terms of the bands, I have to say that the one that I enjoyed the most, there were two, if I can choose two. Mm-hmm. They, uh, well, the salsa dancing was incredible. That was a lot of fun. Everybody was up and, and moving around. That was great. And uh, also, I was watching the Pedrito, uh, Pedrito Martinez band, and everyone was sitting down, and you know, we were, you know, everyone was enjoying it, but I felt that people had to get up and start, start right. dancing. Yep. And so I talked to the ERB, the yep. Extraordinary Rendition Band. I told them, if I get out there and dance, will you follow me? Mm-hmm. So I got out there and started dancing. They followed me, and you should have seen people shoot up from their, their seats. They all wanted to dance, and we got the party started with That's everyone. That's what dancing. you got to do. That's leadership. There you <laughs> That's go. That's leadership. That's what we need. <laughs> That's fantastic, actually. We'll, we'll have to bring you down to some of the water fire events and be like, Mayor, go. <laughs> Get him up and moving. Yeah. All right. I'll see what I can do. And I did see the ERB. They came up through water fire. I saw them over in Kennedy Plaza. And that's a group that also it's just got infectious energy and wonderful sense of fun. Um, pleased to have them here. The Extraordinary Rendition Band, a, a great addition. Now, First Works worked very hard on this project. I, we had Kathleen come and talk to us. Lynn McCormick worked around the clock on this project. I want to do a shout-out to both of them for all the work they did. We've, um, In fact, the, you know, the police department, traffic engineering, there's a lot that goes into these festivals, and uh, I think everyone deserves a lot of compliments. Absolutely. It was a complete team effort, and First Works was a great partner. The uh, Department of Arts, Culture, and Tourism, they, they carried a very, very heavy load. Um, everything that you saw down here this weekend, it was done by you know, a very, very small staff that just multiplied uh, all of their energy in order to pull this off. And, uh, you know, I, I really do want this to be a signature event that we're proud of here in Providence, that we identify and brand ourselves around. And it's just going to get better every single year. But for that, we needed to have the entire community in engaged and involved and we were very successful doing that and in the coming weeks we're going to be putting together a number of debriefing sessions and organizing sessions to start planning so that next year's festival is uh, just as great and even greater i'm sure it will be and uh, we look forward to continuing the partnership and uh, i hope you will come light water fire on our next water fire on july 18th mm-hmm. i'd uh, love to and if i can actually just jump in i'm, I'm sorry for not uh, highlighting this uh, Waterfire was a tremendous partner on this as well, and we could not have pulled off you know, the festival with the success we had uh, without uh, without uh, Waterfire's partnership. So thank you, Barnaby. Thank you to the entire group. Well, the uh, whole crew we, and uh, Brahman we, as we well. We all worked yep. together, and it came out great. Well, we have a tremendous people, number of people come to our website, and we had all the different schedules and programs back and forth telling people to come early, enjoy the city, and that's something that uh, we would love to continue to develop because... Uh, with all those visitors who come, it's about a million people who come see Waterfire during the whole year. Mm-hmm. And if we can get them to stay for a weekend, we think we know they will discover an amazing city that's only going to keep getting better under your leadership. Oh, absolutely. And we've done some population shows, so crowd estimates. We've run it by the police. And you know, I think uh, we had somewhere around 100,000 people in downtown Providence on, on Saturday you know, throughout the day. So that was just a, a tremendous, tremendous victory for us. And, you know, like I said, it just gives us so much to build off of in the years to come. You know, and and what a great thing that we are able to do that for free and provide that to our citizens, you know, so that anybody and everybody's welcome. Right. Yep. 
it was free. And you know, another another partner in this or a group of partners was the corporate community. I called all of our major major businesses and I asked them to 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 support this financially support it. And uh, almost to a T, every single one said yes. What can I do? Count on me. Count on us. They stepped up, and that's what allowed us to do this and to do it free, so that people can come enjoy this and uh, um, all of our vendors can benefit. You know, I, I think I've got to say because you know my job is the director of development for Waterfire, and our corporate community really—they uh, are amazing, Mayor. Because I Waterfires for free, so essentially I have to go knock on all their doors. All the, I, th- I think they run away from me, actually, Mayor. <laughs> but um, when they hear me knocking, but you know, they—they they really do. When, when you uh, need something like this, and they realize that we're going to be highlighting our city and our state and bringing economic impact, but also joy, and like you know that community toss that. Barnaby always talks about. I, I just, uh, I think we're doing a great thing, and I cannot wait to um, partner. Hopefully, we do it all together again with a water fire and another international arts festival next year. Let's do it. I'd all love right. to have it every month if we could, but that's probably unrealistic. Uh, I'll settle for an annual event that uh, that brings the entire community together. Absolutely. And we'll invite you to water fire in between. <laughs> I'll definitely be there. Actually, you know what? Would you like to light the fires on July 18th? I'd love to. If I'm in town, I'll definitely do it. All right. We'll talk We'll talk to the scheduler because it's a big one. It's Navigant Credit Union's 100th anniversary. Wow. That's great. Yep. So, Mayor, thank you so much. And Barnaby, do you have anything you'd like? Mayor, it's uh, delighted to have you on the air, but mo- most delighted to have you leading the city and leading the arts community and putting your, your effort and your expertise, you know, where your campaign promise was, and I think this is a great win for everybody. I, I agree. You know, the, the arts and culture is so strong here in Providence, and you know, I want to make sure that I'm as supportive as I can possibly be to make sure that we build up our, our arts and culture because it's what sets us apart and makes us special. So I look forward to partnering with Waterfire and with all of the arts organizations uh, to make this a vibrant place to live, to work, and to play. And it also ties into your theme of One Providence. Absolutely. Of everyone being there together and celebrating the, the richness of the city. And it was a, a great evening all night. And uh, we put you in charge of the weather, and I have to say you did a fantastic <laughs> job there, too. I planned that out just right. <laughs> we planned it that way. Barbie. And I, I know it. that took a lot of work because I was looking at <laughs> forecasts, as you were as well, mm-hmm. you know, four days out, five days out, going, hmm. Yeah. Well, I, we had a backup plan, but you know, I definitely had my fingers crossed all week to make sure that the weather was going to be well. Yeah. Um, well, but I, luckily, we we couldn't have done better with the day, and uh, like I said, everyone everyone just had a wonderful time. Well, congratulations! Thank. We were so pleased to be part of it, and so pleased to watch it all develop. So we'll continue with those discussions, and let's make it even better next year. Let's do it. Thank you for joining us, Mayor. So nice to hear your voice, and uh, and again, thank you for all that you do. Thank you for having me. Take care. We have to take a quick break, and when we come back, um, we're going to be talking about, and I know it sounds a little early in the season, but, you know, that one fire that is so dear to my heart, the Water Fire Salute to Veterans, where we work very closely with the VA. I have uh, two members of the VA, Winfield Danielson and Joanne Cardoza here, and they've got a great event coming up, and we're going to start the conversation now about some of these things that we'll be highlighting at our Salute to Veterans. So... See you when we get back. You're listening to AM790 Talking Business.
And hello, 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 and welcome back. You are listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790, your station for talk and business. We just had a wonderful chat with our Mayor Alorza and recapped what a phenomenal weekend it was here in Providence with Waterfire and the International Arts Festival. But now we are about to move in to something, um, you know, I think everybody knows, uh, and if you don't know, you should know that uh, in November, we uh, at Waterfire have created, um, with the help of an incredible executive committee that includes Barbara Haynes and Reggie Centracchio and, gosh, Lori Needham and a lot of other people, our Waterfire Salute to Veterans. Uh, we usually see about 70,000, 75,000 people. We work closely with many agencies, not only to celebrate our veterans, but also um, we work closely with the VA to bring resources to the public and to actually get the word out about what's happening at the VA. And so it is my distinct pleasure right now to have in studio with me Winfield Danielson, who is the public affairs officer for the VA here in Providence, uh, Rhode Island, which is, i got to tell you, I know the VA here is um, we're pretty top-notch. Yeah, we're pretty proud of us, proud of what we have to offer. Yeah, and I also have Joanne Cardoza here, and Joanne has got... Uh, Anything you ever want to know about being eligible for benefits, she knows it. And she's been working at the VA for a, a while. And, I, you know, the one thing before we even came on that I really love that you said, Joanne, you said, I love working at the VA because it's like working with history because of all the stories that you hear. So welcome. Thank you very much. It's nice and, to be here. And, you know, I think you might want to scoot up a little bit to the microphone because we want to hear what you've got okay. to say. Thanks. Um, yeah, but I know that what's coming up, uh, which is very important, uh, is you have an open house. So, Winfield, would you like to discuss that? We do. As part of the uh, VA's Summer of Service, which is a nationwide initiative, uh, the Providence VA Medical Center is holding an open house on the 27th, on a Saturday. Uh, it runs from 9.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Uh, and basically, we're going to be providing information about uh, opportunities to serve veterans, so there'll be information about volunteering. Uh, but also, it's a good opportunity for veterans from Rhode Island and southeastern Massachusetts who have not already enrolled at the VA to take a brief tour, learn what we have to offer. They can fill out an enrollment application, and we'll have representatives from the uh, Veterans Bene- uh, Benefits Administration there as well. So. You know, I think that's really important. I found even, you know, my husband's a a veteran. um, There's so many resources available that I have not ever even been aware of. And I know that one of the things that happens sometimes is people won't go to the VA because there's there was a stigma, let's face it, that kind of hung over the VA for a while. But I do know that there have been massive improvements and things that and I don't think Rhode Island really had the bad stigma that I think we've seen somewhere in the press, and let's make that kind of clear. But I do know that the services there are incredible. Um, So when we talk about somebody who would be eligible or eligibility, Joanne, I want to ask you, what are some of the biggest questions people have about eligibility or who's eligible? Well, one of the biggest questions we get is, I wasn't in a war. I'm not eligible. You don't have to have served in a war or been in wartime. All you had to do before 1980 was serve active military service, and there was no time constraint. It could have been five days. It could have been 20 years. Mm -hmm. So there is no time limitations. After 1980, they kind of tightened it up a little. So you had to serve 24 continuous months, but that doesn't mean that if you didn't serve 24 months that you're not eligible because they did have programs in the 80s where you only had to serve 15 months. 
So it, it's kind of been bouncing back and forth. So it's it, it really behooves someone to go just, to just come in. go in and and see if you're eligible. Right. And, and you, you actually you told me an interesting story. Would you mind sharing that again about you know just because you don't need the services today doesn't mean you're not going to need them tomorrow. And you told me an interesting right, story. Right. Exactly. Before. Like some veterans don't come in because they say, well, I don't have um. I I make too much money. Well, maybe today you make too much money. But on a national level, what they do is they watch how many people enroll and how much money they make, and they adjust the um, the income limits by the number of people that enroll. And if things change and they do let more people in, if you are enrolled, they will um, they'll send you a letter and tell you that you're eligible. See, I, I think that's important. You know, Winfield, we were speaking about this before um, and about, you know, certainly there's people who feel that they don't want to go and get the VA benefits because they're taking away from somebody else. I, I know a lot of Vietnam veterans that will say, you know, no, 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 that, that leave that for somebody who really needs it. And so they don't take care of those services. But could you describe that how the, how everything works with the funding for the VA and that they're they're really not taking away? Yeah, it's a common else. misconception. Actually, um, our funding is based on the number of veterans that we have uh, active and enrolled in our facility. So, um, if you're a veteran and really all you need from us is an annual checkup, uh, the money that we're not using because you're only getting a checkup, that actually brings in additional funds and resources into the facility that we can use for other veterans who might need more services. So um, so it's very important. You're not, you're not taking away at all. You're actually bringing more resources for the people who need it to the VA. I think that's really important for people to know. And, you, you know, because, again, I know a lot of people will say, no, nah, I don't want to take away from that World War II vet or, or somebody who's really in need. So what are some of the things that people can expect to see when they go to the open house? What, what are some of the initiatives that we're looking at at the VA now? Well, I think uh, one of the important things as part of the Summer of Services concern is uh, we're in addition to bringing veterans in, we also need more volunteers. Um, and so there will be information there about volunteering. In Providence, we actually have a very robust volunteer program. But one of the things that we do need are more drivers to help veterans get to their appointments. So there will be information there about that. Uh, we will be having a representative from the Veterans uh, Benefits Administration there who can talk about, as opposed to health care, they can talk about things like the GI Bill and other benefits that are available for veterans as well, um, as well as... Um, service-connected disability and pensions and those kinds of things as well. So, uh, And now, as far as the uh, healthcare aspect of it, we will offer a tour of some of the more common areas so they can get a feel for what we, you know, the kinds of services we have at the hospital. Um, and we will have people there to kind of help them fill out an enrollment application as well so um, that way they can at least get into the system. Because you may not, as, as Joanne was saying earlier, you may not be eligible today, but your situation can change, and if you're already in the system, at least it's that much easier for you to get the care you need. And so how how easy is it, um, Joanne, for somebody to apply? And I, I do want to mention something that you had talked about. You mentioned something about Camp Lejeune. Right. And that, you know, a lot of people, again, when we were talking about that, some of these um, eligibility, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. What right. defines eligibility and right. criteria right. is, you know, it's been shifting and changing. Right. What is this this one about Camp Lejeune and Vietnam veterans? That's okay. If you recently? were a Marine and you were at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1979, you're automatically eligible as a Category 6. 
Now, the thing about being a Category 6 is there are no in income limits. So you could make a million dollars and be eligible as a Category 6. Plus, you can get preventative health care so you can be monitored for the 14 different cancers that come from being at Camp Lejeune. Also, Vietnam veterans, back in the day, you had to prove you were in certain parts of Vietnam. But now, if you have a Vietnam campaign medal, you're automatically eligible, again, as a Category 6, and you can come in and get your care. Well, that's such an improvement. That That's really great. That's wonderful news for people to know. So how are you getting the news out about the event um, uh, that you're holding in the open house? And, you know, how can we help? Well, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> that's number one. Uh, I will be publishing a press release to, the, to other area media um, probably in the next day or two. So I would check your, your local paper for information as well um, and on your website as well. Uh, and, of course, we'll put it on our social media, on Facebook and those kinds of things too. And uh, we will be doing an email blast to uh, veterans in the area. So, um, But I think that's one of the challenges we have is, is reaching veterans. We were talking about this earlier and that, you know, we we know the veterans that are that are ours. We have about 35,000 annually that, that come to the Providence VA Medical Center. But estimates range that there there may be anywhere from 75 to 90,000 veterans in Rhode Island, and we really don't have a comprehensive list to reach all those people because we have our list, VBA has their list, the uh, Rhode Island Department of Veterans has its, has its list, but some people aren't on some might be on one, some might be on two, and some aren't on it at all because there's no census thing you check off and say, I'm a veteran. So so that is a challenge sometimes. I just want to repeat for our listeners that this open house is on uh, Saturday, June 27th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And when you mentioned uh, drivers, I, it's funny, I, this during the Gatsby Day Parade, um, some of the people who were driving the cars were telling me they're drivers for the VA and how much they enjoy it how much they enjoy hearing the stories and the service they felt they were doing. And it was just interesting to hear that that's one of the things you're also seeking because they were getting a lot of satisfaction out of that engagement. So it's a it's a nice little circle, circle going back to our earlier story. Yeah, the people like driving. Um, the, the challenge we have with drivers in particular, and this is one of the reasons why there's such a demand for them, is uh, they do have to pass a physical for safety reasons. Um, and so we have a lot of older volunteers who work with the VA that just can't drive uh, for those reasons. And so, um, you know, that's one of the reasons why we, we need uh, drivers so so badly. So um, if, if you're interested in doing something like that, I would advise you to come down to the open house uh, and uh, let us know because uh, we, we do need more drivers to help these people uh, get to their appointments. Yeah, and what are some of the other opportunities to volunteer um, at the VA? Is it Besides the driving, is it, do you do anything with occupational therapy or just like helping people around? Um? Mostly they help with wayfinding. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, when people come in the hospital, they don't know where to go. The volunteers help them out. They help uh, distribute things uh, like we have a little newsletter. We have magazines that come in from uh, the VA on a national and, and regional level, and they bring all those to the waiting areas. Um, they also help with uh, things like the gardening, and they help in our, with our homeless program, keeping the pantry uh, stocked with donations. Uh, donations we get to the hospital, they receive those and help hand those out. Uh, they help with a lot of events, like the summer sports program is a program where we uh, basically have a lot of adaptive sports for veterans uh, that they can participate in. And uh, the volunteers really uh, 
take a big part of the load of making those kinds of things happen. So uh, they're involved in, in, in many different aspects of so the VA. there's lots to do. I'm, I'm really enjoying this conversation, and when we come back, I want to talk about more of the different things happening at the VA that people might not be aware of. Um, we're having a great conversation here uh, with Winfield Danielson and Joanne Cardoza from the VA, and I'm really... Uh, Enjoying this, I'm looking forward to coming back and chatting with you a little bit more. You're listening to AM790, your station for talk and business. Underwritten, this show is by National Grid. Thank you very much, National Grid and Lifetime Medical Support Services. Talk to you soon. And hello, 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 and welcome back. You are listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island. I'm Bronwyn Dannenfelter, your host, and I'm here with my co-host, Barnaby Evans, and we are talking to some wonderful um, people from the VA, Winfield Danielson and Joanne Cardoza. And before we jump back into our conversation with them, I just want to say a very big thank you again to our underwriter, National Grid, and to Lifetime Medical Support Services, which has been serving the nursing and healthcare solution for over 30 years, providing its clients with home care services to personally fit the needs of each and every individual and Lifetime Medical right now is hiring and looking for certified CNAs so I know that uh, there's a lot of people out there looking for jobs they have jobs available please feel free to call them at 401-333-3333 that's pretty easy isn't it 401-333-3333 and actually moving right from Lifetime Medical Support Services or Lifetime Medical, um, I was reading that the VA is always looking to hire as well um, and that you're always looking for, you've got jobs available right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as part of the Veterans Choice Act, we got a lot of additional funding for uh, people that work in the clinics and with, with veterans. So not just doctors, although that's obviously a big part of it, but um, nurses, medical technicians, clerical staff, and we are bringing on, I, I want to say, around 48, I think, over the course of this fiscal year. So uh, so there are positions that are available. I would keep an eye on USA Jobs, which is where all of our jobs are published. Um, and if you're in one of those fields, we'd love to have you. So again, www.usajobs.gov. And I think it's wonderful because, Joanne, how long have you been working at the VA? 29 years. That's a very long time. And what is it that, all right, what's your passion? What is it that has kept you there for so long? It's just the people. It's the people that work there. It's the veterans. I've met so many different veterans from so many eras, and I've been able to help so many of them get into the system and get the care that they need that it's just a gratifying, gratifying job. And I can only imagine the stories and, as you said, the history yeah. that you enjoy and that you hear. And, again, just the resilience of some of these people. What was it you were telling me? You told me an elevator story. Oh, um, a man was getting off an elevator and the door closed really fast. And everybody ran over to him and said, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, are you okay? He goes, I was at o- Iwo Jima. An elevator's not going to get me. <laughs> right on. <laughs> <laughs> and, Winfield, so, you know, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about, about what the services are that are happening at the VA or, again, your initiatives that people might not be aware of? Well, we, we're a pretty comprehensive system. So you, our, our services run the gamut from uh, primary health care, mental health care. Uh, we can do imagery there if you need to have, uh, you know, x-rays done, those kinds of things. Uh, dermatology. I mean, we have uh, 
think up to 32 different specialty clinics that you can see. Um, and I think one of the benefits of being in the VA system is it's a it's a it's a self-contained system. So we have we're really good at managing um, different care together, like as a, as a comprehensive package. Whereas a lot of times, if you're outside the VA system, you're seeing different physicians from different facilities, and sometimes the communication isn't there. So I think. Uh, cooperative care is really something, coordinated care is something that uh, is a strength in the VA system. Uh, yeah, I would think so, absolutely. And another thing that we do in the VA is we, we have a wonderful transplant system. Um, we do kidneys, we do hearts, we do lungs, we do livers, um, and, we, and we coordinate the care in Providence, and then we send them to like Pittsburgh or Richmond, yeah. and they're all in the VA system. That's excellent. So there's all these different resources, and I do know that you work with the Brown Warren Albert Medical Center and Rhode Island College and URI. Yeah, there's. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people don't realize that the no single institution in the country trains more doctors or nurses in the VA. So. Um, just one statistic, uh, more than 70% of doctors in the U.S. have received some kind of training or been affiliated with the VA at, at some point in their careers. So, well, I, mean, I think that's excellent. And there's so much more that people need to know about what happens at the VA. Don't be afraid to go and find out if you're eligible or not. Take advantage of that because the more that you take advantage of that, the more funding they the VA actually gets and can help more people. Um, and I think that's, again, let's underline that. So if you've been hesitant to actually go in or if you know somebody who is a veteran that's in your family that's been hesitant to walk in those doors, you know, it's a resource. And the more that you walk in those doors, the more money they get to help anybody and everybody that they need to. So I am looking forward to seeing you both at the Salute to Veterans. And I'm sure we'll be talking a lot more before then about some really pointed topics um, that you know deserve attention, but uh, you know thank you so much, Joanne, thank for joining you for us. Thanks for having us. And, Thanks for and, having Winfield, us. and um, thank you again for all that you do uh, at the VA. I, I know we're very appreciative. And Barnaby, what a great show. Well, it's, it's great to, great to have these guests, and uh, um, I would you know veterans deserve this care. It's it's not sort of taking advantage of it. It's it's care they were promised and they deserve and. Uh, uh, it's good to know, um, to correct that notion that somehow a veteran's coming is reducing the pool. It's good to hear that you actually, that helps build support for the system. So that's great to hear. And we don't thank have you. a donut hole. <laughs> there you go. Right. Well, thank you for listening. I would like to remind everybody that next week we are getting preempted by the damn Yankees again. So we will be on Tuesday at 3 o'clock and looking forward to talking to you all with Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island and if you'd like to hear any of this or if you missed any of this you can go to the Waterfire website slash radio right backslash dot org slash radio forward slash Barnaby's teaching me how to really say how this really goes and uh, thank you again and we will talk to you next week <laughs>